Welcome to Vaguely Music. I am Kelsey Jacobson, and to my right, we've got Ryan Schrumpler over here on the very right, and to my center. Is that, is, does that make sense? <laughs> okay. No, we have with us today Nick Angelini, who is a very involved member of the local music community and um, is a uh, instrument manufacturer, performer, drummer, all around fantastic human being, extraordinaire. Ta-da! Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you're tuning in for the first time, we are... Vaguely Music, a part of Double Bar Music, um, and this is our opportunity to kind of say hey and talk about some musical ideas, experiences, the whole nine yards. So we're going to pick your brain a little bit because I know a fair amount about you. For those of you listening, my husband's actually a somewhat over-the-top Wilhelm Scream fan, which... Nick is the drummer of Wilhelm Scream, so I, I know a fair amount about you, actually. <laughs> but I'm going to feign ignorance for a lot of this. Okay. Um, so you started drumming? Um, my junior year of high school, which was 1994. Just the other day. Nice. Just the other day. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What, yeah. what got you into that world? Drumming? Yeah. Um, I think I thought that I could probably like get chicks if I learned how to play the drums. Oh, I love it. That's like the first honest answer right there. I love it. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. High school. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Rock and roll. Turns cool. out, you know, drums. Probably should have been a singer. but Yeah, know, singer. Should have been a guitar player. Or guitar player. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the old thing. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. What was, um, what was the first group that you started playing with? Uh, I was in a group called Billy Ruffian. That was um, just me and my friends all kind of learning how to play instruments at the same time on the fly. Yes. As you can imagine, it, you know, it sounded pretty Amazing. awesome. Yeah, it was, nice. it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys play out ever? Uh, we had one show, I think, maybe two. Well, we had one show under Billy Ruffian. Um, but we, we also did like this zine at the time, and we kind of made fun of uh, other bands in the local music scene. Oh. So we kind of got blackballed. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say I mean, that's about as punk yeah. rock as it gets, right wow, there. That's wow, a power move. Wow, yeah. I love it. Yep. So, and a uh, learning experience, yeah. all in one. Yeah. So after that, we changed our name, and then we had some more shows after that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, is this like a one-time zine, or was this like? I believe there was maybe four to five issues. Wow. Yeah, it was called Big Balls. <laughs> 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 appropriately named yeah oh, so were you wow. creative before you started playing drums did you did you build anything did you draw did you do anything creative like what's the history before drums before drums um like you don't have to tell you don't have to give me like the whole from birth to, <laughs> to junior year i mean if you, if you want he just opened the door and then yeah. closed it promptly yeah you got 35 minutes so <laughs> yeah i don't know if there was much creativity happening before drums all, all the, like the creative stuff kind of came after i got to the drums i think i was always kind of one of those guys that uh wanted to work on my hands but um that kind of came later in life i guess okay yeah. yeah well then the drums make sense then yeah before i started building drums i uh i tried building other things to try and make money like i built these pocketbooks out of uh beer cans and um 
I made about five of those. It took forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that being That's a little awesome. time consuming. Yeah. And they're also yep. kind of sharp and not practical. So. <laughs> yeah, well, let, me, let me impale myself on this, what, scrunched metal? Yeah. Flattened metal? Wow. Yeah, so uh, that was like my first attempt at starting a business, and that didn't go so well. And so um, you make your own drums now. I do. Known as Whale City Drums, W-A-I-L. Correct. Not whale in the ocean. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so when did that start? That started, I think Facebook told me about <laughs> like eight years ago. Uh, ye <laughs> yield Facebook. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, Facebook told me that I, did, I started building drums about eight years ago. And you've made drums for a fair amount of people now. Yeah, I've built, uh, I think I'm on like 115 drums now. Oh, man. All custom made, right? Is yes. that the, yeah. So, yep. um, so they're able to say like, hey, this is what I want. This is the wood I want. This is the this I want, right? Yep, yep. Um, whatever you can come up with, I will attempt to make it. Can you <laughs> kind of walk me through it? So, so <laughs> your drums are different from most Right, because they're they're the stave shell, which is built more like a barrel. Do I have that? Like that? that right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, how like how did you stop? Like how did you get into that mode? Uh, basically, I was in Australia and I saw this uh, drum. I was walking through a sound check and I saw this drummer playing these drums, and um, they actually sounded like awesome. And I never really cared in the past about yeah. how good drums sound. They're all just drums to me. Yeah. <laughs> punk rock whatever <laughs> Play it, whatever man but um i was like wow those sound really good man so i kind of investigated and they were like stave shells built in australia with uh, all these australian woods so i wanted one and um they were like 1500 bucks for a snare so i was yeah. like well that's not gonna happen so <laughs> <laughs> so years kind of went by and then um i met um i met this guy that this uh, i was dating this girl and her father was a woodworker so we both kind of, I had told him about it and told him that I was going to start trying to do it myself. Yeah. And um, he's like, I'd, like to, I'd love to do that with you. So we kind of did it together for like the first two drums. And then that kind of, that relationship kind of fell apart. And then um, I started just doing it all on my own after that. So can we backtrack for a second? Sure. What the heck were you doing in Australia? I was playing with my band. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Les and Jake brought us to Australia for the first time. Wow. Okay. So you were touring with Less Than Jake for a while then. Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. We did. Um, yeah, we've done a bunch of tours with those. We're, we're like our friends now over the years. So, but yeah. you were playing in Wilhelm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just to clarify for people who don't know. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, and you guys have you consistently go overseas? Do yeah. You guys do that. Yeah. Um, how often do you do that? Uh, it's I mean, down. that's a dream. They're like, just saying, like, that's a dream for the vast majority of our students that are coming through who are just like, oh, my God, just let me go play music all the time. Yeah, it was a dream for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that, okay, walk me through that. Um, well, we toured the States for a long time. We do, like, maybe 200 shows a year. Just play into like five people in a garage somewhere in the Midwest. Little yep. crappy shows over and over again, yep. over and over again. <laughs> We'd have like one good show out of like, you know, 30. <laughs> yep. And we just kind of kept hammering and hammering. And um, eventually we got a band called Lagwagon offered to take us to Europe for the first time. 
and we're like, hell yeah. So we did that, and that was our first time going over there, and it was just this crazy new experience that was just awesome. How many bad decisions came out of that we're loose in Europe situation? (laughs) 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 Um, Probably a lot. What do you mean, like, like personally? Like what I did when I was there? Or? Ah, I just feel like, well, well. so how old were you the first time you went over to Europe and just like on tour with my band? I just feel like that's a, that's just like a free for all waiting to happen. Yeah, pretty much. I was in my early 20s. So that was my prime. That's prime time though. That was my prime drinking age. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, I, I probably had a few too, a few too many cocktails on certain evenings and uh but you call them cocktails, so it couldn't be that bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we call them cocktails now. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so some stuff might have happened. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And since then, we've been to Europe probably, the, I think, like 14 times. Wow. wow. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. We've been to Australia, been to South America, been all over Canada. Wow. So where was, like, the, where's your favorite place to play? Like... When like country or or city or something that when like when you see it on the itinerary, that's the one that's just like, man, I'm loving everything. But like when we get there, that's like like either it could just be like best show, best food, best crowd, best anything. Like where is the place? That's a tough question because there's so many cool places out there. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's more about like the people you kind of meet when you're when you're there because you don't really get to go to. You don't really see the sights and stuff like that most of the time because mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're there one night and then you, you're, you're traveling to the next. Yep. You're driving six hours or whatever it is to the next next place or whatever. But um, we had a lot of fun in Greece and the food was good. I remember my tour manager and I we kind of walked around and went on as many rooftops as we could we could get up onto. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Our hotel like that was that thing for a while. We go to up into the as high a point as we could on our hotels usually and uh, kind of try to finagle the doors open and go up on the roofs and get the overlook of the city and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Ryan's kind of a, out of the two of us, he's yeah. the world traveler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I was born in, uh, I was born up in Andover, but then I lived in the Netherlands for a while. And so mm. when I did that, I bounced around and I spent some time in Cyprus. And so I've, I've done a fair amount of, of Europe and then across the U.S. and Canada, but I I have not made my way to like uh, South America. My brother has, but I haven't made my way to South America or to uh, Asia or to Australia yet. Yeah. Did you make your way to Asia? Yeah, we've been to Japan twice. So, what is Japan like? Like, I know for like a working, you you saw as much as you can, but I'm sure you had to do either like go on some public transit or or drive through it or something to, like to transport yourself. Uh, What's it like? Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, the first time we went there, they actually treated us really well, took real good care of us. Um, they're like, what do you guys want to do? Because it was, it was pretty cool because the hotel was like a block away from the venue most on most nights. So they That's would, nice. yeah, it was wow. really cool. <laughs> yeah. And we should just show up and just wake up in the morning and have this chaperone to just kind of take us wherever we wanted to go. We went to that walkway where all 10,000 people crossed at the same time. Um, tried all kinds of crazy food, a lot of sushi. I don't really like sushi, so it's kind of hard for me. But (laughs) (laughs) these were trying. I probably had the best sushi in the world, and I'm just like choking it down. (laughs) 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 
Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, they just we just saw like temples and all kinds of different things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just trying to think back, but um, it was cool. They after every show they take us out to eat, and what we found out later on is that they feed you until you leave something on your plate. Right. Yeah. Uh, so right. being an American, you're just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, finish your plate, you know, finish your plate, son. So <laughs> that's what we were doing. And the same with, with the beer. And then, so the bills got pretty high. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh, that's painful. Yeah. But that was an amazing experience because you just go back to the hotel and wake up the next day. And I think we played two shows in Tokyo. And both times it was just walk to the walk a couple blocks to the venue. The drums are already set up for me. Oh. I just had to tweak them. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. That's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was. So so you've bounced around to a lot of places then, right? Yes. In comparison to, especially I feel like in the Northeast, the Northeast and then like pockets of California, uh, I feel like everything moves really fast here, right? So in comparison to like here, can you talk about just like general busyness? Because uh, I, I assume that Japan also is a place where, like, like timeliness is a factor and everything moves really fast. But, like, somewhere like Greece, I mean, they have, like, designated time where you're just, like... Much where, slower yeah, pace of life. Yeah, and there's, like, yeah. a yeah. pocket of time where during, like, around, like, two where they're just, like, yeah, we're good. We're going to shut everything well, down for a little bit. I feel like that must... You must not really be able to pick up on that when you're just, like, playing somewhere and then mad dashing to the next place you have to play. You, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like you can't really like sit in that cultural sense of looseness. <laughs> yeah, some you catch it sometimes, but usually like if you have a day off or something like that, you yeah. get to kind of experience the culture a little more, but mm -hmm. um when you asked me that question, I just thought yeah. of for some reason I thought of um the Netherlands the first time we went to Amsterdam. Oh. And we parked our our sprinter van. We all got out of the van and started putting our stuff on the ground, and we just all of a sudden realized it was a bike lane. Yeah, and yeah. all these bikes are coming by, like yelling at us in, in you know, freaky deaky Dutch or whatever. And we're just, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just like, what the? We're like, oh shit! And like for the rest of the, um, yeah, the rest of the time I'm walking around. It's like, okay, cross the street. All right, now cross the bike lane. And then <laughs> it's like, and bikes are just flying everywhere, and there's cars, and I just like, you don't know which direction they're coming from, and it was. That was an experience for the first time. That's that's my home turf right there. Yeah. So my, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when I did you make it to Germany? Out to Germany? Yes. Okay, so my father when we used to live in the Netherlands, my father's boss had like one of the most famous quotes that rubbed me. Just like if for some reason at like five, it just like every time I heard it, uh, he used to say because he was a German and so he used to say, Dutch is just German with more phlegm. <laughs> and so like anytime anybody brings up the Netherlands and brings up like oh they're just yelling at me in Dutch I, all I can think of is just like just cover your face man just cover your face <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. yeah everyone's taller than me there too yes yeah. yeah very different from here yeah very different from here and Japan too it's very different from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually one time when I was in when I was in, <laughs> when I was in Spain I met this I'm walking around one of the venues and this um this kid comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, you're from Wilhelm Scream." I'm like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "Everyone's looking at you because you're tall and white." And I, I'm like, <laughs> start looking around. I'm like, "Wow, everybody is looking at me." Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. This okay. is a different world. Oh, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, what I would say is, do you have like a distinctive, like this is sort of the most 
the most strong memory of playing out and gigging or or is there something that's like wow I will never forget this moment it's burned in my brain for the rest um, of my life yeah I guess I do um we played probably not a festival we played this big festival in um in Belgium called called Rose Rock and the first time we played there um it was probably the biggest show I've ever played in my life to that point anyway yeah played some big ones in uh Brazil after that but um I remember looking out and seeing like I think there was like maybe like seven thousand people or something like that, and then I was like, "Wow, that's crazy!" And then when I got on stage, I looked to, to my right, and all the like the guys I looked up to, kind of coming up, they were kind of standing on the side of the stage, oh. like the all the like the punk rock legend guys. Yeah, I was just like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" And like I was kind of like, you know, I didn't, I was just losing my shit, but. Holding it in, trying to like act like I was there before, you know. No, I'm cool. I'm yeah. punk rock. I got this. <laughs> Unfazed. Yeah. Oh so, no. Yeah, the first song was a little, a little sketch, but it didn't go bad at all. It yeah. Played fine, but um, yeah, that was that was something I'll probably never forget. That was like a pressure. <laughs> Is the reaction to um, like just the general appreciation response interaction? Is that stronger overseas than it is here? Um. Yes and no. Some uh, things are kind of kind of the same and different all over. Yeah. You know, you'll play some city in the United States and people will just be really cool about it. And then you play the next day and everyone's kind of stuck up and just kind of like, yeah. all right, impress me, you know? Yeah. But uh, in general, like, in general, it seems Europe, they're, they're more appreciative to, like, what, what, you, what you're giving to them. They, like, they're not, like, trying to be too cool for school. They're just... They're not like okay, impress me. They're just like oh, you know, thanks for coming. Like, yeah, we're ha- we're happy to watch you right yeah, now. Yeah, we like you know? music. Yeah, yeah, we like music. Thank yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's my general vibe, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So I should pick you up on that water. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd offer you mine, but that's just weird at that point. Okay, I'll, I'll power through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, do you play your own drums that you make? Yes. Is that that's your kit that you use if you play gigs and do that, or do you do you? Yeah. Um, secretly have a side of yourself that betrays yourself and uses other other people's drums too. Well, I do when <laughs> like when I have to. Yeah. So, say, um, you know, if we travel, we do like a one-off show somewhere, and does it make sense to bring a whole drum kit? Yeah. Then I have to play the house kit or whatever's provided. But whenever I can, I play my own stuff because. You gotta fly the flag, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's the best endorsement. It's like, yeah, I believe in these so much that like, wherever I go, I'm gonna use these things. Yeah. Last time I went to Europe, I went out of pocket and decided to fly my whole kit over there, and um, just so I could play it in front of all the people in Europe, and ended up working out pretty good. It didn't cost me as much as I thought it was going to, and I ended up selling selling a snare drum out there to a guy. <coughs> who um he's an impressive like really good drummer um he plays in like s- seven different bands or something like that and um he ends up playing the kit because it was one of the situations where oh you're supposed to use you got to use the house kit because you're playing f- second out of uh you however, know, many. Yeah, however yeah. many i was like well how about if i use my kit and i let the other the other two bands use it as well and they're like yeah you can do that so the other guy played my my kit and from uh drum from iron reagan oh yeah Wow. Yeah, so he ended up buying a snare off of me, and um, he really loved the kit, and 
Yeah, it worked out. I think it was it was kind of cool. I think a lot of people were happy to see it too. That follow the band very like the super fans. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. Like, oh, he brought the Whale City kit. You know, it's kind of cool for some people. You know, <laughs> they know the whole story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you have some. You have some other uh, famous people that are making use or have purchased some of your some of your drums. Like, I feel like. Uh, uh, do I have the Ataris, <laughs> right? Someone from the Ataris? Yep, my, my buddy was playing for the Ataris for a while, um, Eric Perkins. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are... <coughs> excuse me. Oh, that's all right. Um, what are some other people or, or some, uh, some of the coolest transactions or calls that you've gotten that you were like, oh, sweet? Um, it's kind of funny now, like, if I, if I find someone not from the punk rock world, I get more excited. Yay! You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yay, outreach! Yeah. <laughs> Cause I got like some some pretty legendary punk rock drummer guys now. Like um, the guy from Anti Flag plays. Yes, yeah, plays yeah, yeah. On, that's yeah. right. And um, my buddy Paul from the Flatliners. And um, I always get stumped when people ask me this. I always forget who I have on my roster. But <laughs> yeah, well. But um. You can check it out by going to www.whalecity.com. We'll leave a link in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> link to bio. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um. I had this guy from a band called Carrie and the Cats just kind of hit me up randomly. Um, it's like a funk soul act kind of guy. Oh, sweet. And um, yeah, it was really cool. I forget how he found out about me. But uh, it's, it's cool when people just kind of like find out about me word of mouth yeah. rather than um, some punk rock guy that's like a fan of the band. Yeah. That wants a drum. It's, that's great, too. Don't get me wrong. I love building drums for whoever wants one. But... <laughs> It's uh, I love doing it, so it's great. You know, it's like a cool part-time job. Yeah. But um, yeah, when different genres kind of pop in, it's really, really cool. Refreshing. Refreshing, yeah. Yeah. I remember I brought a drummer over to uh, Neil from Symphony. I don't know if I can. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can yeah. plug him. Yeah, they wave. They wave at us sometimes <laughs> on yeah. social media. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, we're, we're good. good. <laughs> yeah, we're so flirting with them. We're kind of like <laughs> yeah. we're eighth grade dancing. We're not sure if we're gonna kiss at the end of the night. We're kind of just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil, if you're there, at me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Neil Neil found out about me. He was just stoked that um, I was a New Bedford guy making drums. Yeah. And um, I brought one in there for him to try out, and he like you know got his jazz hand out and he was just like just tapping it. <laughs> he's like whoa, just like tapping. I'm like yeah. He's like whoa, you know, like, he was stoked. So like I was like wow, that's awesome that like he's just kind of like tapping it and he's just, like stoked on like the, res- the snare response or whatever you know. And it was, yeah. Like, I was like cool. So. It's cool to see that they work for different genres as well as punk rock and yeah. like a jazz guy is going to tap it and then you know you, the next guy is going to be wailing on it like a maniac. <laughs> might, that might be me, but anyway. <laughs> by the next guy, yeah. I mean myself. Yeah. <laughs> so how often do you get to to practice or just play the drums? Uh, geez, not as much as I'd like to. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're actually writing a new record right now, and um, I actually have to stop building drums for a little while so i can play the drums i gotta take a, I gotta take a, I gotta take a couple of months off because like trying to cram both of them in i can't really focus i i'm like thinking about the other thing while i'm doing the first thing yep and it just drives me completely crazy so yeah i'm gonna concentrate on playing a lot more now over the next couple of months anyway and um yeah when i was younger i used to play every day for at least like an hour and now it's just so hard to find the time between the nine to five job and building the drums and hanging out with the girlfriend and all of everything. Just life just gets harder as you get older, I guess. 
Now here's a money question. Is your nine to five job music related? Uh, no. That's awesome. <laughs> because, but because what's awesome to hear and what's great for, for like our students up and coming is sometimes they think it's like you're all in or you're not in at all. And that's kind of not the world of music. Yeah, like there's so yeah. many like a lot of times it's a lot of connecting the dots to make your existence and allow you to do the music that you want to do or the things that you love to do about music so it's awesome to know that it's like okay i can go tour and i can go do this and then i also can hold it down and i have my nine to five and i do the things that i do and they don't have to be two separate worlds yeah right not yeah. always. Yeah, and this thing is non nonlinear too. Yeah. You know, like the idea that I mean, I you know, it was funny. I was I was with a teacher the other day, one of my mentors, and he was talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, Ryan, I worked uh, I worked a half day yesterday." He's like, "Yeah, I worked a nine to nine, oh, ha a half day." And I was like, "Jeez." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about that. I mean, that's not <laughs> uncommon. No matter yeah. if you're working a nine to five and then you come home and you're practicing or writing or you're you're teaching and then you're getting ready for gigs or you're doing like. Anything in the music world is going to be odd hours, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's tough keeping doing everything just to be able to play music. Sometimes, just yeah, you have to. It's yeah, it's it's hard to make money with music. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Well, you, it's like that constant sort of. I feel it's like that ingenuity of like having multiple things. Like, wow, I can make my own instruments and you know, put these out into the world and start building that aspect, which our man Jack over there makes guitars and is building guitars as well nice. and repairing actually, guitars. Yeah. Excellent. So he's actually building me a guitar so I can plug Jack's guitars. I'm also gonna plug Ryan Strumpler over at Double Bar Music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shameless. Shameless. So we had Kelsey and I had gone into this. When was the first? Uh, let me backtrack. When was the first record you put out year-wise with the band? Probably, mm, like I want to say like late nineties, early two thousands. I want to say. Okay, so you were right around when everything changed, from yeah. from CDs to digital, and now digital to streaming. Can you talk about how a little bit about how in a in a working band? how that kind of that changed not only like what the income thing but also how you like how you release and record music and everything like that um i can try <laughs> <laughs> we're actually looking into that a lot more these days because um we're gonna put out i think we're planning on putting out our next record out by ourselves okay because um with the internet and spotify and <clears throat> streaming and downloading all that stuff it kind of even the playing field a little bit yeah so if you to do enough research and figure out how to do all this stuff yourself it's all out there so you can do it yourself it's still gonna be a lot of work yeah it's gonna be like a real lot of work but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> said with enthusiasm yeah yeah it's gonna be tough but um what's nice is anyone can kind of do it themselves now if you really want to put the time in and you know listen to you know podcasts and do the research you can figure out how to market your own music now and you can do it all without physical copies if you want. We were coming out, I was like, we signed these contracts. My first record was like, you know, we were more concerned about digital and these guys were thinking about the future. Yeah. You know, and so it was kind of our only option at the time, either way. But um, 
so now these guys are getting like 70% of our our digitals now yeah which we you know this was you know 2003 or something like that yeah and you guys were assigned um because you you were signed to what label uh nitro records nitro records yep that's, that's yep, the yep. guy from the offspring yep yep you gotta which keep them separated that was actually awesome because he took us on his plane anarchy airlines really yeah we were playing warp tour and he they were playing warp tour as well yeah and uh we were going from um where we go from montreal to quebec city yeah and uh he's like hey you guys want to ride and we're just like yes yeah, yeah we do <laughs> <laughs> we had the new guy we like told the new guy to drive the van but <laughs> like, you gotta drive the van he's like i understand then but actually trevor's parents were there my guitar player trevor's parents were there yeah so they drove the van so it was cool so we all got to go uh. They took one for the team. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty, it was cool. There was like booze in every compartment and he had, <laughs> he had like food and I was smoking cigarettes at the time and I was smoking cigarettes on a plane and wow. Yeah, it was crazy. That was really awesome. And then he took us out drinking afterwards. It was, it was quite the party. That's, yeah, that's like the epitome the, of the rock star life right yeah, there. Yeah, that's how the like other half live kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was neat. Yeah, it was really cool. Wow. That's, I mean, I'm sorry, I went, off a little, cool. I went on a little tangent there. No. I don't remember where we were supposed to be. Yeah, so, so, so you were right, you had, and you had touched about it, like, that they had, you were right when you were starting to release music, that they were they were starting to see that, like, digital was going to be where the money was at, and right. not physical. Yeah, yeah. So you hit on something that I thought was so awesome, right, that, like, anybody can do it now. It seems that it's like that, yeah, it seems like the playing field's kind of even now, just if, as long as you're willing to be smart and put the work in. And it seems like the cost of recording has significantly dropped as well. It has, but you still need some quality recording stuff. You got to keep that in mind. I feel like the setup expense to sometimes grab a quality re recording is is a little. You have a trade off. I feel like you end up with a trade off. You're either really good, like you do a lot of research into sound capture and how to do that effect effectively, or. You're maybe not as good, but you have some really good tools that cost you a fair amount of money. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, and then there's people who are both, but I just feel like sometimes like the, if you're not diving as deep into like, okay, I'm going to get into the sound world and I'm going to understand all about acoustics and all about this, then, then maybe that's when you buy the slightly more expensive equipment and then it costs more. Yeah. yeah. But actually let me backtrack yeah. on that one a little bit. Cause that being said too, a lot of people just kind of listen to music on their phones now yeah mm -hmm. so i don't know maybe you don't you kind of need quality but maybe you can get away with just something pretty good you yep. know because yep <laughs> most people out there you know plugging into their car or like Play bluetooth or whatever speakers you know? this big yeah yeah like a p yeah like um, drums are the toughest to record too like yeah. guitars um everything you can kind of isolate it's drums that are the tough ones right there because of the amount of things and you want to have a decent room it's harder to get a really good coherent, because think of the amount of instruments you want to mic up at once and have a decent sound. You're at most really gonna have two <clears throat> two mics on a guitar, on a guitar amp. Like yeah, you can close mic if you want. And, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, bass is mostly gonna be DI. You know, um, yep. and and vocals. A lot of that stuff. You if you have, just have a decent ISO booth, you're gonna add reverb, add delay, all of that post. It's drums that are, I think are the hardest to to get a good sound even now. Like that's the only thing that people are like, I need a good room to record drums and then we can be mobile wherever we go next. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, drums are tough. 
like mic it up like you know however many instruments a drum kit is too right like, like you were saying um yeah what is it like like a four-piece kit still has four drums plus however many cymbals so you're looking, and then, yeah you're looking like two overheads, overheads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep yeah, yeah so it's crazy yeah do you guys have like a planned time where you're trying to shoot for a release or is this um we're shooting to record in we just talked about this the other day i think we're on a, maybe like june okay i think we're trying for june june 2019 yeah you heard yeah. it here first wait first first right nobody uh, else knows no, no. I don't want to say that. And oh, then, no. <laughs> Did I just make a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> you heard I mean, it here. I mean, it's really tentative and might not happen at all, yeah. right? Exactly. Well, it's true, yeah. <laughs> you heard well, it here Yeah, we're actually for June. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone can know. <laughs> um, so I know we are kind of winding down to the magical time. So before we do wind down, um, I do want to throw out that if you are interested in checking out more about Whale City Percussion, is that what you go by, or do you just go by Whale City? Um, I go, well, the, I guess the official term is Whale City Percussion, but my okay. website's just Whale City. Whale City. So yeah. if you want to see more about Nick's um, drums and his company, um, and maybe even buy yourself a real nice drum, um, you can go to <laughs> www.whalecity.com. Um, and you're also, you've got, you're on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot yep. at Whale City, right? Okay. And then uh, what's the name of your band again? A Wilhelm Scream. Bingo. Yes, and, and they have their own website as well. Yeah, yeah we're all over the place. You're and everywhere. So, yeah. Can you find it? Can we find you on the average streaming? Like, are you on uh, Spotify? Um, all of those? I'm pretty sure we're on pretty much everything. So yeah. Check. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go on to everything. I There's don't have. There's also yeah. some yeah. really cool uh, camera uh, angles of you behind the drum set playing Wilhelm shows. There is. Oh, nah, yeah. so you can go check those out on YouTube as well. So, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Jack brought them up. I actually played a show with a, a GoPro on my chest. Oh. Yes. I played a couple yes. songs of that. So you can, if you want to be like drummer for a day, it's like uh, those roller coaster videos, you know? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Those are really cool. I actually looked at them before you came in. Cool. Not being creepy, but fact. <laughs> okay, so All we right. like to close this out yeah. with what we call the Strumpler Surprise. All right, right. And it's not as direct. So what's your least favorite mode of transportation? Is it by, like, anything by water, by air, or by land, if you had to pick? Mm, I guess I'd, my least favorite is probably air. Why air? Yeah, I don't know. This is the end. I feel like it's, it's not – I know it's not more dangerous than anything else. <laughs> It's probably safer, like, right? You know, you're in a metal tube, you know, shooting, <laughs> shooting, shooting through the sky going like you know, 400 miles an hour or whatever. And, you know, if the engines die, it's not going to glide. It's just going to drop, you know. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. We'll just glide <laughs> in there, you know. It's like, no, it's just going to kind of like fall straight down. And, you know. Yeah, but I see, guess that's why. So, but, you know, I'm still, I'll still go fly anyway. I really don't care, but. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the alternative is just like, I'll feel sketchier about flying. When I see pilots texting, that's when I'm like, Valid. that's when I'm like, okay, maybe you don't text and fly. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But the plane pretty much flies itself. That's though, true. Right? That's true. Yeah. I mean, they could probably take a nap and, and as long as they land the that's plane. A you know? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's a horror. That's a So on that note, on that note. <laughs> we thank you for joining us here at Bigly Music. Thank you, Nick, for making the trek out here. And we will see you all next week. Yep, thanks. I'm Kelsey. That's Ryan over there. And good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>